0: Welcome to episode 2 of Dissecting the Media, a podcast headed by the heads of the Mira Munch Queens, the theatre club at the St. Miras College for girls. Each week, one of us picks a piece of media that we want to talk about and we dissect it. This week, we are talking about the 2004 film, The Notebook. The Notebook follows the story of an old man narrating the love story of young Noah and Ali to Miss Hamilton, who's an Alzheimer patient. As the film progresses, we learn that the old man is none other than Noah himself, and Miss Hamilton is, well, Ali. And the purpose of Noah narrating the love story to Ali is so that she can remember or at least try to remember the passionate moments that they shared with each other when they were young. Also, there may be spoilers ahead. Welcome to another episode of Dissecting the Media. I am Karina Narayan and these are my partners, Shreya, Hire, and Harleen Kalgreval. Hi. Hi, hello. This week, we will be discussing my movie pick, that is the ultimate romance movie of 2004, The Notebook, starring Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams. So, guys, tell me, what do you think when you hear the word The Notebook?
1: Okay, firstly, very controversial opinion, but it's not ultimate, okay? <laughs> Please. It is good but it's I mean it's just okay see this is coming from a sci-fi and fantasy van. so uh, it's not you know ultimate it's just another romance movie.
0: Okay it's just another romance movie but in what <laughs> way? I mean I think it's ultimate because I, I really love the idea of Uh, old Noah narrating the love story of himself and young Ali to an older Ali. So I really thought that that was like the ultimate yeah, because she's suffering from Alzheimer's in her old age. So yeah, I I thought that that gesture was pretty sweet. It kind of reminded me of my own
2: grandparents. So yeah. (laughs) Now, see if you put a grandparents into this, we cannot say anything shit about the film. That's just unfair. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, th- that's the idea that I get whenever I watch the notebook. But yeah,
2: I want I want to know what you guys think. You know, honestly, with the notebook now. I watched it first as a child. And Gosh, the idea of it, the entire thing of, uh, you know, just your love just coming back to you, no matter what, no matter what parents, uh, you know, spouses, uh, your own psyche coming into it, you, you just get back to the, the love that is rightfully yours. But then you know, watching it again, I kind of have a few complaints from it. I mean, we've Imagine. all come, we've all come so far, um, especially when it comes to all of our uh, social stands and all of us having our own opinions and stuff. And the oh god, the, the one, the, that little thing in me that believes so strongly in the empowerment of women and the rights of women and women in general is just so mad at Noah at times through the film especially in the first scene the first scene as in the beginning when they meet for the first time um you see noah just being an absolute annoying little puppy <laughs> he goes to her and says to her that dance with me and she's like no and he's just like why i'm like because i don't want to and then <laughs> and then he's just like he, he takes it in the, in the beginning, okay? He's like, okay, whatever. And she walks away. But then he didn't have to do the entire Ferris wheel thing, okay?
0: Yeah, it ultimately led to his humiliation.
2: And it's just, gosh, take a hint. No means no. Amita Bachchan screamed it so many times during Pink. Get it.
0: Oh, God. I think Pink can be discussed some other week. But yeah. Mm.
1: And
2: i also actually, really yeah we should do that actually and the thing is there's another thing that i i don't really like again from a feminist perspective is the uh, the portrayal of men in the notebook i i really do not appreciate the entire thing of uh, nobody wanting to marry uh, nobody wanting uh, ellie to marry noah because she 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 would end up broke Because Noah doesn't have much money. And I don't like that thing. Because she is going to New York. She will be studying. She will be getting the degree. She'll have a good uh, career. So it's fine if she's the one who earns. Gosh! But no, even Noah, the, the very first time this problem arises, Noah just like, no, you know what? They're right. Your parents are right. I think we should, we should, you know, stop. We should break up. I think we should take a break and let's see how it goes. Oh my God, it's so annoying. <laughs> again, that's why I'm just going to, you know, assert this again. That I loved the film as a, as a child. I even loved it when I read it back in high school. But then now I'm just like, no, that, that just doesn't work with me, the film.
0: Right now, when you watch it in the modern age, so, you know, all the ideas that you've heard and learned just come to you and then you're like, okay, you know what, something is wrong with this movie in
2: this particular scene, that particular scene. Exactly, and I think that's a little sad. As good as it is, it's also a little sad because uh, I, I, I personally feel that I've just forgotten how to appreciate art for for the sake of art. Because I just yeah. I don't know my brain automatically looks for something of that sort.
0: No,
1: but I think key it's not a bad thing that of it's, you know yeah. we tend to yeah that we tend to find uh you know discrepancies and things that don't really hold up now that we're watching it in a modern perspective, because uh, that's the point right that's, that's that's a sign that we are growing and that we realize this is not supposed to be idealized or romanticized that. You know, it, we are uh, different and we are better than this. So I think it's also uh, beautiful that we do, in a way, uh, kind of, we can remove and distance ourselves from something that was integral in our, you know, when we were growing up, in our teenagers. And yeah, so it's, it's I guess, I mean, I know it sort of ruins uh, something that was like, oh my God, this was you know, this is beautiful. I will never, ever watch something as beautiful as this. And then you do rewatch the same thing and you're like, oh no, this is so problematic. I can't, <laughs> I can't watch this anymore. I, it hurts. But also in a way, uh, it's, it, it's a sort of milestone for our own growth, like who we were and who we have become. Because when I first watched The Notebook, I, my friends had called me heartless and stone-hearted, because I did not, uh, you know, typically cry at sad movies. I was like, I'm just not a crier. And they were like, no, go watch The Notebook, and you will cry. So I watched The Notebook, but I did not cry. I was like, this is nice, and this is touching, but this is not... I mean, it's not... It's not really a tear-jerker as such. Yeah, it's not a tear-jerker. It's really not. I mean... It, it does propagate my idea of what I call unconditional love, which is where your love will exist despite, you know, the relationship. The relationship and the love are two different things, where the love is just the emotion and the relationship is, you know, a tangible connection that, that is complex and is built on a lot of other things than just emotion, but love is just that emotion that you share with this other person. And if it's not conditional, it was never there. So it's uh, sort of one of the movies that was my, uh, you know, foundation of my idea of unconditional love and that it can exist. But also in a way, uh, I don't necessarily agree that the relationship was healthy. You know, this is a prime example of the love was there and I get it. But the relationship was it healthy? It's debatable. That's how you look at it.
0: And yeah, and if you uh, see, most of the elders of Ali's family, they were all like, it's just a summer love. It'll pass on and, you know, everything like that. And then when you have the Second World War coming in, she's working as a nurse and she meets this army officer or soldier uh john hammond jr and he she called for him and they are you know meeting one another and they are like you know we want to marry and they're engaged and even ali's family approves it but then you have the windsor place ka article coming in and then ali is just like okay you know what i don't know who you are anymore i'm going back to noah
1: Like, what is this idea? No, I I also, I think uh, there's this propagation of the idea of the one, which I don't like. You can love multiple people. That you're human, you have the capacity. This idea of soulmate, you have one soulmate and the one is so horrible. Because, you know, things are not final. You are constantly changing. Your life is constantly changing, and you can't expect things to be final. So things will evolve. Relationships break. It happens. Right. I mean that's you... life. It's human nature. Exactly. So this this idea of the subtle propaganda of you know pushing in keep the idea of the one like something will happen and you'll always end up with this one person you've imagined that does not work. It doesn't work like that. It's okay to move on from one person to another based on how you have changed and how your life circumstances have changed. It does not mean that you loved the previous person less or that you love the person you love less. You can love equally. You can love everybody equally and in different ways and for different things. Correct. That's the whole thing of unconditional love, right? So what is this whole thing of the
0: one and she will have to go back to Noah. I feel that there is a difference between a soulmate and a lover. No, yeah, I agree. Soulmates can
1: also be platonic.
0: Exactly. Like, Noah is the lover but had Ali pursued John, he could have eventually become her soulmate. Possibly. He could have if she had the guts and the heart to love john and not noah
2: go back to him and the rest is history that's the thing right this entire um, era that came about with the notebook that is you know the notebook and um mm-hmm. which is that film um in which that chick has cancer and and she uh she dies in the end remember? a walk to remember and fifty-first dates, and films like these just sort of at this entire era of uh, that came about with which which revolved around films like these, propagated a very um, I don't want to call it botched up, but uh, a very unrealistic uh, sense of love in all of us because come on we were. These things came out, these films came out, this entire theory, the idea of it, all of it came about when we were in a very, at a very impressionable age. And it's so hard to actually come out of that idea to, uh, exactly. yeah, because when you we actually must have been babies at that time. Not we really. must have been babies at that no, time.
0: No,
1: but we also like grew up on that. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. Exactly
1: grew up like it. they were released when we were born so they like by the time we were teenagers those were the you know kind of old things that you have to watch for yeah. you know the, mm-hmm. the the idea of romance and romance classics and then you go watch them and yeah. you have these weird notions about love and how that works and yeah you had nobody tell you that
0: mm, maybe not <laughs> yeah and now we think of it, we are just like, you please no, I'll pass out.
2: It's not even about the, you no, know, I'll pass out. It's just about you just actually walking into that situation and just being so disappointed. Yeah,
0: because, because it never happens in real life.
2: Yeah, like why, why did that not happen with me? It's, I don't want my partner to die of leukemia, okay, I don't. I don't want an entire re- re- run of the- a walk to remember in my life. But you know the very idea, the notion of love that is portrayed through it. The notion of where, they, where there was such a huge mix-up of, uh, you know, uh, relationships, the idea of relationships and the idea of love. Where these two things are such different, uh, you know, parts of a person's life. And those two things, the lines were blurred so uh, so terribly during this and through, through uh, films like these where that distinction doesn't remain anymore. And we sort of bring in a, a very false idea of love into a relationship and try to mix up a very different relationship with a very different kind of love and just get screwed up in the end. I feel like that has affected... Uh, anyone who has ever, you know, uh, had to have their formative years be affected, be uh, influenced by these films. I
1: agree. And also, I just realized, like, while you were saying this, another thing that uh, really messed up all of this was um, the idea that relationship equals to caring like this one person caring for the other. Because if you see the all the three movies that you've mentioned, The Notebook, uh, A Walk to Remember, and 51st Days, all three of these have this aspect of one person taking care of the other because of this debilitating thing that's happening. And I mean, yes, these things are real and, you know, should be talked about. But relationships are so much more than, you know one person caring for the other and you know that is that uh, their life in that relationship it's what happened to individuality and uh, you know functional relationships because in the long run if you think about this everything will get so irritating just have this one to have to care for this one person constantly day in and day out like it's okay to sometimes be frustrated with you know, this thing that you love this person so much, but also it's it's crazy that this other thing is also happening and you are allowed to be frustrated. You never see these characters get frustrated, right? They're always persevering and getting through it all and it's all happy. But in reality, it's okay to be frustrated and, you know, sort of, throw your hands up and say no i can't i just it's it's terrible and i can't do this anymore because it i love this person so much but i can't keep doing i can't keep taking care of them day in and day out because you're human right you're not a caretaker you're not equipped to do something like that day in and day out as a lay person and that's okay to sometimes be like no i can't today but this gives you this notion sense of no, your partner is caring and const- a partner is caring and constantly gives. And so when you do have that moment of uh, sort of rupture in your real relationship where it's like, I can't anymore. this is This is way too much. And this, I can't take this. You feel guilty because that's what you've been watching for all this time is just giving not taking that moment for yourself which is also so much more important because uh, you end up burning yourself out and something like very important that i learned in therapy because i always i grew up on this notion is giving and i'm constantly supposed to be helping other people and romantic relationships that that, uh,
2: definition of love being sacrifice
1: yeah exactly So the main thing I had to really ingrain my head during therapy is no, if I'm not functioning enough, I can't give the person what I need to give. And they can't give to me if I'm not functioning well enough, which means there has to be some time I have to take for myself, right? I am also important. It's not that every time everything has to be about sacrifice. And I feel like we were never like taught that. And we're watching these romantic movies. And this idea was never, you know, sort of put in our heads. You're also important. And a functional relationship means taking time for yourself and giving space to the other person to be an individual. You're not uh, 50-50, you're 100-100, which means you have to take time for yourself. Exactly. And that
2: just, uh, you know, imposes the idea of a relationship not being a relationship of love, but rather of responsibility. And um, with this very uh, thought in mind, I would like to, you know, uh, project it in in a slightly little bit, uh, you know, a little to the left. And uh, I'd like to bring up the thing of uh, loyalty in a relationship, where um, the responsibility comes more out of a sense of um, you being loyal to that person than, you know, you actually having any sort of love for them. Because, uh, and that also just, uh, I don't want to be controversial by saying this, but that also again and again um, implies, enforces the idea of you uh, of monogamous relationships, when uh, you know polyamorous relationships also exist, and that's that's a whole other uh, you know part of it that has been completely entirely ignored by the you know rom coms and the romantic films that we have watched growing up. Like I remember reading in uh, *Sapiens* by um, Yuval Noah Harari, and in it uh, he wrote that. Uh, people back then, it did not matter uh, who, it, it, it was basically, uh, there was no sense of uh, loyalty back then to one particular partner, because it was, you know, a person having the freedom to love whoever they want to. And again, I would like to, you know, bring back Shreya's idea of you can love many people at the same time. And that love can be of different kinds. And the same kind at the same time. So, you know, if... I It's not like I'm going to have one... I'm going to love Shreya only platonically for the rest of my life and not love Karina. I will love both of y'all with the same amount of love, with the same amount of, you know, platonicness in it. And that's okay for the other side of it too, which is having romantic... uh, in In a romantic relationship. So it's, it's, exactly. it's something that has been so, so strongly propagated and has, and has really uh, messed up the point, the, the entire um, wiring in our mind of, you know, love is a feeling. It's not a responsibility that you have for someone. Love is, you can have the same kind of love for five people, for two people and for one person. That's your problem, man. You love whoever you want to, however you want to.
1: Exactly, and exactly. also like the uh, monogamy idea also gives a rise to the idea of possession. And you love yes. only one person, and I own you, and I, I hmm. just
2: infuriates me. I hate it because that's a whole person you're talking about, man. If Ellie wants to love Noah and uh, the other dude whose name I forgot, she can. John like it's fine yeah. yeah john she can she can love noah and john with the same tenacity with the same level of uh, you know compassion and passion and that's okay gosh and then the, all of them you know i hope you make the right choice her mother said and you know noah telling her that you have to make the choice for now and gosh poor girl it's
0: now or never and
2: all these yeah. rules
0: and all
2: like please
0: poor oh, chick man you will be- you think she's ruining her life, but actually, it's you who are ruining her life. Like imposing all these rules, regulations, and you know all these threats. It's just ow. Oh, exactly. We can also. I don't understand this notion that why does the girl always have to go back to her soulmate boyfriend? <laughs> exactly like if you watch the notebook you have Ali going back to Noah then uh, which one Titanic Titanic going Titanic. Uh, Titanic you have Rose going back to Jack instead of saving her skin I'm
2: like why <laughs> again and again I'm going to come back to the same thing when it comes to Titanic they could have shared the door <laughs> they could have they did and even if they couldn't share the door they didn't have to stand together he could have gone and looked for something else somewhere else
0: exactly but you no know, so like, yeah. like please don't
1: no and i think uh this uh sort of messed up idea comes from Romeo and Juliet, but it's so misinterpreted because that was not what Romeo and Juliet was about, right? Um, I think um, you don't realize what Romeo and Juliet was saying is not about loyalty. That was not about loyalty. That was about lost love and more on the lines of denied love. And I will now go back on my LGBTQ bandwagon, but uh, you know what, before I start off my tirade, it's time for a short 5 minute break everybody you know for us to sort of drink water and we'll be back with you in 5 minutes
0: yeah if you are enjoying the podcast so far and you want to check out more stuff by the mira munch queens you can find us on youtube as mira munch queens and on instagram at the skittish scroll we recently released our play Who Killed Julius U. Celestino? You can check that out and all our previous work on YouTube. If you are a student of St. Miras and wish to partake in our activities, we are currently having the Writer's Room session every Friday at 5pm. More information regarding this is on Instagram. Welcome back. We are back from our water break, and now coming back to the notion of love. So yeah. we talked about how the girl always sacrifices her dreams and everything for the guy, and we find it very annoying in today's day and age.
1: So what do yeah. you think? So also, uh, we uh, we sort of ended on uh, Romeo and Juliet, and how this idea of loyalty sort of stems from of uh, the classic of Romeo and Juliet, but I think it is so misconstrued, right? Because um, that was not what Romeo and Juliet was about. It was never about them dying for loyalty. It was about them dying for denied love, which is, uh, it, which is also a very recurrent LGBT theme in real life and not in movies because you never see this in movies. But there have been so many people who have died and, uh, you know, for a committed suicide or by the hands of other people because of who they loved. And that's where that idea comes from. It's not that, you know, because I love this person, I uh, and they died. So I must also die. It's that you denied me love with this person. And that is why we die together, because we would rather die than live in a world that denies us love. Right? It's the, it's so I I hate it when uh, this idea is not really taken very well and it just lumped together in us's head a world of loyalty and possession that I can't live without you and that is how much I love you. So I would rather kill myself. No. The idea is that. I would rather die than be denied love. That's the idea of Roman Chuket. and that's what they're they 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 sort of uh, mishmash together in this idea to create loyalty. So, if you die, then I must also die because that is how much I love you. It's not a measure of love. It's a measure of the environment, and you know the people around and would I want to live in this environment because my love was denied not died, denied <laughs> and so it, it's irritating that it you just take this beautiful beautiful idea of fighting for what you love and put it in the box of oh, loyalty or oh, possession or oh, I am measuring my love by the standard of would I kill myself if this other person died? No. Why? Every soul on this earth deserves to live. So that is not a measure of love. And that's not what love is about.
2: You know, I I actually, you know, I remember uh, when Suicide Squad came out and uh, (laughs) this famous... uh, this, this, this part of the film got really famous where um, the Joker asks Harley Quinn, uh, would, you, would you die for me? And she said, yes. And he's like, you know what, let me change that. Would you live for me? And as philosophical as that sounds, I feel like, again, you wanting to die or wanting to live for your partner does not, in any case, in any standard, define your love for them it just does not exactly because your That's life doesn't define theirs exactly your life doesn't define theirs your actions don't define uh you know the measure of the love that uh, exists in your um, in your relationship or b- between two people or two or more people and at the end of the day again that this this very idea of a certain type of expression of love is always again and again propagated through uh you know films like these where things like uh things like individuality and people having their own personalities and own varied attitudes is completely uh you know, sidelined, is completely washed away. Where everyone is different. Not everyone is going to, you know, be like, okay, I'll die for you, I'd kill for you, I'd live for you. Some people don't even say that I love you, but still they love you the most in the world. And that's okay. Individuality just dies off in this entire process.
1: Absolutely. And... I mean, this is not again, it's not a measure. It does not, you don't measure love. Why exactly. do you need to measure that? I love this person so much. Do they love me back? It doesn't matter. Just the fact that you love them is enough.
2: Exactly. It's love enough. is a feeling, it's an emotion. It is not the amount of flour you put into your cake that you have to measure it. <laughs> exactly. It's
0: love. I mean, it's, it's, There is nothing, there's not an instrument love as a logometer. I mean, that is all just, I don't know. It's all crap. So I think just love is a very intense emotion. And if you just have love for that person, it's more than enough. And you don't need any proof that, okay, I love this person. Do I have to, you know, do a public stunt to prove it?
2: That's the thing. Now that you mentioned public stunt, I'm going to bring out something something that's going to really make people angry. But I don't care. Okay. Go ahead. The idea of engagement rings, the idea of wearing a ring on a particular finger, the idea of a mangal sutra, the idea of sindoor, the idea of having a big fat ceremony. What are you trying to tell out of that? Like, what is your point? Why do you? Why do you? Why does? Why, why does that thing in the head or the thing in, around the neck or that or that ring on the finger have to mean so much? Do you have to put that stamp, that tag on your partner so badly? Is that, is that thing?
0: like? And it's always the woman, if you see. It's always the Indian oh, woman. Don't get me
2: started on that. Mangal Sutra,
0: <laughs> the Sindur and everything. You know, all the bridal jewellery, only the Indian woman is wearing it. Like, why? Why is the man not wearing anything? But
2: you know, he's still married. Okay. Yeah. Why does the woman have to wear, uh, put on the freaking mendi that lasts for so many days to show that? Oh, she has been claimed recently. Wear that. That those red and white bangles that you call the chuda. Oh, she's recently been owned by someone now. You see this I'm red thing here? Sure. It's my. It's my tag. <laughs>
1: i'm going to on my do forehead. both of you a one-up
2: yeah
1: i'm going to do both of you a one-up and say i just again this is going to make people angry but i just don't like the entire idea of marriage in itself yes. we are in in like 2021 you don't need to have like a whole a thing permanent it with you. exactly that's the thing if i'm it's going to... permanent and if it's going to last forever it will and exactly, and and
2: I'm, I really am going to insult marriage very badly here, but I'm telling you, marriage is just a contract that allows you to have sex legally, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. True, and if you get pregnant, it's okay, you're married. Yeah, you're married, that's fine, your child is legitimate. <laughs> Nonsense. Exactly. <laughs> or as Bollywood
0: says, <laughs>
2: exactly I,
0: that oh. I just
1: I don't like any of it because it's it's essentially he's doing is is ownership either or like I'm not uh, saying it's just the guy it's also a uh, women right with this idea of oh my god he he complimented her, or he's checking her out. Does that mean he doesn't love you? F- you, he's. I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to do this again. I'm uh blaming that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Shreya, Shreya,
2: Shreya, Shreya, Shreya.
1: Sorry,
2: Shreya. sorry. Jeffrey,
1: watch it. This again. Sorry, this. Circling back. This whole idea, right, of even with, uh, I'm not just talking about men in this case, but the idea of ownership with women as well, where the woman will, uh, you know, be like, oh my God, you checked her out. Do you not love me anymore? or Do you not find me attractive? That's not what it's about. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? This is not what that means. If this person is with you and has not explicitly, uh, I don't know, cheated on you or uh, done things to make you doubt them. Why are you doubting them? Right? You look at celebrities and say, oh, I like this celebrity. And that is okay for you to objectify celebrities just because they're celebrities. But then if it's a random person, no. Either objectify everybody or objectify nobody. You can't have this bias where it's like, oh, you can check out celebrity and that's okay because they are celebrities. You can't check out other people or find other people attractive because they are not celebrities. That's, that's hypocritical. Either say you can check out everybody and it's okay because that does not reflect on our relationship or, check out, or say you check out nobody because I'm not comfortable with that. But this is... This is I mean, I don't understand this whole idea of possession and you know having this having eyes for just one person. It's that's stupid. Uh, commitment and being truthful and honest with each other is different, and having conversation is different than being a loyal. Uh, pardon my words, dog, because you're not an animal you you're not a pet. You're a human being who can think and feel. And I, I say even animals know how to think and feel. What are you doing? You're not an object. Which is like, oh, I own you. No.
0: It's irritating. And I hate it. I sir, I mean, the whole notion of
2: marriage is, uh, it's like, you know, sh- modern days shackles of slavery. That's the thing, right? Back when marriage as an institution did not exist, back when we were, uh, you know, cave people, when uh, we were foragers, we were gatherers. We, the, the, I, I read about this. Um, there was um, many ex- many people out there, experts of uh, anthropology and history, and everybody they would argue that no, you know, loyalty and um, uh monogamy are the very core of our genetics because we feel certain feelings only for one single person and i'm like listen you don't feel certain feelings for one single person you just erase any other feeling that you feel for somebody else who is not that person it's as simple as that it's like a, a a person who's in a relationship okay going out there and just you know uh finding somebody else beautiful or finding someone else, uh, finding themselves being attracted to someone else, but immediately snuffing those feelings out because, oh no, I already have a partner. I can't do this to them. And then immediately there's the sense of guilt, which I don't think is our genetic, as many people uh, would like to say. It's not wired. It's not hardwired in us. It's something that has been... Uh, enforced on us by, by cause yeah, exactly. condition, conditioning. Exactly. Because, you know, I, I just imagine this. Okay. Just imagine how much this thing is going to angry people, anger people, because, uh, there's, there's a thing, uh, a theory that, um, women during our time of our foraging and gathering, um, they, um, if a woman was pregnant, it did not matter which man of the uh, uh, the pack, I'd like to say the pack or the tribe were, was the father. It did not matter which man it was. And the funny thing is that um, they encouraged that pregnant woman to go have sex with different men from their tribe because they believed that the child would acquire uh, that particular man's best trait and take the tribe forward and this way this notion probably if if some people haven't known of this already this is going to anger so many people but but that's the thing right it shouldn't because that's okay that's it's okay to I mean I'm not saying that it's okay to you know yeah but it's okay to to love other people. It's okay to uh, yeah. I mean, it should be out of free will. Yeah, exactly. And if it's not consensual, that's when the problem comes in. Exactly. Correct. I think we
1: don't communicate enough. Right? Communicate with your partner. If your partner is uncomfortable and wants to keep it monogamous, then adhere to it. And if you're not comfortable with keeping it monogamous, you know, then that's not a suitable relationship for you. But I think we forget to have conversations and we forget to communicate because we believe things are supposed to be a certain way, which is not true. Different kinds of relationships exist and we have to be okay with them. Because, I mean, we're humans and we're entitled to free will, man. Do what you will with your life. Don't harm other people, but do what you will with your life. That's the thing, right?
2: They, they want to make us believe that we have the free will. But when when you look Denial at things like these... Deny us of that fact. Exactly. When you look at times like these where, uh, uh, you know, something as small as uh, the number of people you choose to love, the the way you choose to love a person, the way you choose to define your relationship, the way you choose to define yourself, all of that... Uh, may in theory be uh, your uh, complete entire decision, but actually it's not. And and that makes me very angry. Like very angry. I may not sound angry, but I'm boiling on the (laughs) inside. Because dear Lord.
1: (laughs) This is not going to sort of turn into a a discussion of determinism versus free will because I could go on this tirade forever. And this is not the point of Uh, today's discussion, we are, if we've forgotten, we are discussing the notebook
0: notebook. (laughs) Coming back to the idea of the notebook. (laughs) Sum it up, I think that there are a few or a lot of flaws when we watch the notebook right now, you know, but again, why do we enjoy the notebook so much? Why do we still get sappy at the end of it? I think it's because we all just want to be loved. That's it, there right?
2: goes my existential <laughs> crisis. Yay!
1: <laughs> but that's just it, right? We all just want to be loved. And you want to believe that there is the one out there for you. Because the world is so big. And you don't know if you'll find love. Yeah, it's and I
2: the idea of having all 7 billion people at your disposal is scary. <laughs> Which is why I'm exactly. just like, okay, we have one. There's yeah. one out of the 7 yeah, billion yeah. yeah.
0: And then we have the Dil Pagal Hai wala theory that hamari le kahi na kahi koi na koi hai.
2: What, what's her name in that? Uh, Pooja. No, no, no. The, the, the character that he makes up. Maya, Maya. Maya. We all have our Maya out there. <laughs> exactly. And in here too, but that's another conversation for another day. For another
0: week. That's yeah. right. This podcast yeah. has been very fun. So, thank you so much, Shreya and Helene, for being in this week's episode, discussing the notebook. And the many notions of love that restrain us
2: But liberators at the same time. But, yeah,
0: I agree. So, yeah, restraint yet non-liberative. And, you know, there are many terms out there. I don't know. So, yeah, thank you so much for being on this episode of Dissecting the Media. And we'll see you next week. Ciao. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Dissecting the Media. If you have any suggestions on any specific piece of media, be it films, TV shows, books, even songs that you want to see us dissect next, send us your pics on Instagram.